This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He's a well-respected high school football scout. Known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to The Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the building, y'all. Miracle Mile. Maslin and Wilshire. Intercom. Doing it big on a Tuesday. I know you're hearing this on a Wednesday, but I'm feeling good. Got a lot of great things. Cooking, boiling in the pot. But before we get to any of that, I got to bring in my co-host, Greg Biggins. GB, what it do? What is up, Keith? How are you, my man? You sound a little gassed early in the morning here. Can I get you woken up on the line? <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm, I'm awake. Just didn't sleep much last night. One of those nights. But I was woken up to some pretty special news on a Tuesday as okay. we're recording for a Wednesday. The GOAT himself, Mike Trout, just got paid. Wow. Miller. A lot of cash. You know, GB, I knew about 420. People celebrate 420. People do other things on 420. People get excited about 420. But 430 million, that's almost a half a billion dollars on one contract to hit a ball and run and catch it and throw it. Oh, man. My goodness. That is just. I often think, mm, I often mm, think mm. about just the, just the in, imbalance that is in the world. Not to get all political, but when you just see how much money athletes and actor actresses make, and then you see so much, you know, not to get all serious, but like seriously, just the national poverty that that is out there, just kind of kind of breaks your heart just a little bit, you know, or maybe even more than a little bit. It just seems like such a such a weird amount of money to pay someone to be able to hit a ball really well and run super fast. But uh, on a less serious note, man, as a Halos fan, I can say that I'm excited because. The back of my mind, if you're a Halos fan, you're kind of used to not having nice things. <laughs> and I just kind of kept thinking, you know what? We got him for two more years, and he's going to the Phillies. He's going to the Yankees. He's going to the Red Sox. He's going somewhere other than, God, God forbid, he goes to the Dodgers. Um, but to have him locked up for a long time, is, uh, it's pretty good, Keith. Just need like three or four more infielders, a couple outfielders, about <laughs> three pitchers, or a closer. All we just and need is a team we're, now. We're, and we're ready to go. <laughs> All we need is a team now. No, $430 million. I mean, 
when I saw that come out this morning, I instantly grabbed my son's little uh, foam salt, uh, ball, little baseball, and his little foam bat, and we just started. I just started pitching to him. He was asleep still. He was in his bed sleeping. I'm just throwing the ball at him, right? And I'm hitting him upside his head with the foam ball. And he said, Daddy, what are you doing? Hey, man, get up and hit this ball. Get up and hit this ball. And 430 million reasons to get up every morning and hit the ball before you put on your pull-up and go to daycare, <laughs> Skylar Miller, at the age of three years old. As, of course, you're thinking I'm talking about my eight-year-old, but I'm talking about my three-year-old, Greg Biggins. Dude, I'll, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll make a bet. Not, not a serious one, but I won't be surprised at all if next year Mookie Betts for the Red Sox signs an even bigger deal. I mean, it's wow. kind of like every year, right? It's like the yeah. contract is almost only as big until the next guy comes along and, you know, Shoot, Mookie, if you're a Red Sox fan, you feel like he's the best guy in baseball. He's the, he's the MVP. He's got a World Series ring, and he can do a lot of the same things Trout can do. So, dude, I will not be surprised if he signs a, a deal for, you know, $440 million. Wow. Somebody brought up a good question via social media. said, we're approaching our first billion-dollar contract athlete. It's going to happen. Ugh. I don't know when it's going to happen. It probably may not be in our lifetime, Greg, or maybe not your lifetime. You're a little older than I am. But not by much. <laughs> <laughs> a billion dollar. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a guy, let's say a Zion Williamson, right? Uh, say, hey, Zion, on your second deal, after your rookie deal, we're going to yeah. sign you for 10 years, uh, $1 billion. I mean, I would I would bet Zion if you include you know the endorsement deals he's yes. going to have because he's going to have Michael yes. Jordan type endorsement deals. Yes. He'll, he'll probably his career earnings will, will be about a billion. I mean, baseball players will always earn the most because they play 162 games as opposed to right. you know football 16, basketball's 82, yep. hockey's 82, baseball's 162. So it's always going to be baseball players making the most. But uh, Zion, goodness, how fun would it be to be his agent and get your whatever percent you get out of him? Uh, give me that three percent of that one billion. Jeez, three percent of one billion. My goodness, uh, Greg. Listen, man, Zion, a billion dollars. Somebody's gonna give him five hundred million on a shoe deal right off the bat. As soon as he uh, dunks his way through the final four, yep. Somebody's gonna give him five hundred million dollars and say, you got them. "Yep, here's your you shoe got deal." Duke, what- you got Duke winning it all? You uh, know, no. Did you already do your bracket? No, I didn't already do my bracket. I don't think they're going to win it all. Too many times I've seen them slip up this year. Sure. Uh, but, man, do I love watching Zion, though. I mean, he's like must-see TV. I, I get popcorn. I yeah. get my little—my wife makes my little mango smoothie. And <laughs> I, I recline my, my sofa. And I've got, like, my popcorn and my smoothie. And I'm just like, like it's Zion time. It's like must-see television. I he's, think we've talked about this before. I really cannot stand Duke basketball, Keith. I don't know if we've had that conversation. Yeah, a zillion times that, we've right? talked just, about that, Greg. Yeah. I just, but I do love him. I do like him okay. a lot. He seems like I feel like some of those Duke guys. They were just so easy, you know, Christian Leitner and Bobby Hurley. <laughs> I like Grant Hill, but just they, they had that just entitled, punchable face. Zion looks like a great teammate, a great kid, very unselfish. And uh, he's really, really easy to root for. But uh, I actually picked UNC to beat Duke in the final. That'd be their fourth time playing this year. No, that's so, nice. That's a good UNC we'll team. We'll see what happens. Yeah, the the kid Johnson. He's like a six eight wing who can pose, yeah. who can shoot the deep three. Uh, I like the point guard. He's aggressive. 
Uh, he can get to the rack. They got some bigs. No, that Carolina team is good. I, I like Villanova. I really like Jay Wright as a coach. I've always been a Jay Wright fan. So I like Villanova. They've got yep. a, a deep, talented team. they got a really good guard play is what you need in the NCAA tournament because the ball's in their hands a ton. Um, I don't like anybody from the Pac-12. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they'll, they'll be lucky to make it through the first weekend. Yeah, I don't like anybody from the Pac-12. Um, look out for Tennessee. I like the Tennessee team. They do a great job over there. They yeah. have some athletes. They got some kids that can bang inside. Yeah. I want to see them and Duke them. match up. Yeah, I got Tennessee in my Final Four. I got them beating Virginia yep. in the uh, in the top half of that bracket. And then I had uh, Gonzaga and UNC along with Duke as my my four final teams. So I got three number one seeds and then Tennessee. <laughs> not super not super exciting, but like shoot, man, I just feel like. Uh, Come on, That's Greg. The history yeah, of the you know. NCAA tournament tells you you are not going to see three number one seeds in that Final Four. Come on, man. That, I think it happened not too long. That might have happened like once the in the last year, twenty years. years. No, it happens more frequently than that. Three is kind of a lot, though. But I just feel like there's a lot of. I feel like there's the, the haves and the have nots this year. I think there's a bigger disparity. So, but yeah. I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see some upsets, man. Even if I pick one of these teams and they, and they lose early, I, it's still fun for me. I, I root for the upsets, even if I pick that team. Root for the upsets, root for the underdog. Thursday it starts, yeah. man. I'll I'll definitely be watching those first-round games. Those are always fun. You see the, the, the top seeds struggling. You see the underdogs, like, fighting, gasping for air, fighting for yeah. their life to, to live another week or another, you know, two days from when they play <laughs> again. It's, uh, it's pretty insane. Tournament time is a lot of fun, but... Nevertheless, GB, it's not $430 million type of fun. Mike Trout, I'd like to go out and party with Mike Trout. He seems like a good guy to go party with. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think so too. You think a lot more fun than, yeah. than party with Bryce Harper. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, there's no question about that. It's time to move on, GB. Enough Trouty talk, but I'm, I'm happy for the guy. $430 million, sheesh. Can I get a dollar, Mike? Can you loan me something? Give back to your community, would you? Anaheim and Cerritos are very close together. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be giving back, but it might be back home in New Jersey. Yeah. I'm sure he'll do something, though. He'll yeah. do something. No, it's not. Your He's home back. is not where you're from, Greg. It's where you're at. It's where your heart's at, man. That's why I thought he was going back to the East Coast. I feel like his heart is, you know, shoot. The guy's like diehard Eagles fan. Constantly throw that in my face. Jeez. I thought he was going back to where the heart is at, which I thought, again, was going to be Philly or yeah. New York. That's but, what a uh, lot of people thought. Yeah. Yeah. No. Old Trouty. Hey, Trout, good for you, man. $430 million richer, and you deserve it because you are a beast. You are a certified beast. Is Pujols still playing for the Angels? Or did he leave? Dude, they got, I think, two more years of that albatross of a contract, which... Uh, Dude, yeah, how much are they paying those two guys... In, in combination, Greg. So Pujols was what three hundred million? Uh, something like that. Trout's contract. He actually, uh, Trout actually has two more years of his existing contract. Right. So his new contract doesn't doesn't kick in until twenty twenty two. I believe that's Pujols last year. So I don't think they'll they'll overlap too much. Okay, that makes sense. Because you figure, wow, between those two guys, we're paying seven hundred fifty yeah. million dollars, yep. which was like that's just bizarre. That's just astronomical money, but. Hey, get your kids out there, throw them some 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 soft balls or some 
foam balls, get you a foam bat, and hey, man, just play your hearts out in the living room until they can hit that ball. Speaking yeah. of hitting that ball, GB, a couple guys hit that commitment ball this past week. It's time for recruiting. The Transparent Troop Recruiting Report. What you got for us? John Humphreys to Stanford. That shock yet all, Keith? <sighs> Why does it not, Greg? Why does it not? Oh, probably because the guy was born and raised on, on Stanford. Mom played volleyball there. Dad played football there. Older sister played volleyball there. If wow. there was ever a an absolute crystal ball lock, it would have been John Humphreys to Stanford. Hmm. Uh, you like him? No, I don't. Love not, him. Not even a little bit? Love him. Love him. Love him. Really, really good. Just a natural, a natural. Dad played ball. Mom was a great athlete. I mean, you can just tell it's in his genes. Doesn't fight balls. Playmaker big time. Body control big time. Um, terrific competitor. I don't think he gets enough credit for how big of a competitor he is. His competitive spirit. You see him rising up in big moments. Really like John Humphreys. And doesn't surprise me he's at Stanford. And, um... Stanford gets another big target. Kobe Bowman last year, Kobe Parkinson the year before that, I believe. Now going with John Humphreys. Doing a nice job on the farm, GB. Absolutely. They are. Um, they already had Bryce Farrell committed early, early. So now they have two. Rec- I think they're going to take three receivers. So they got the, the small, fast guy. Mm-hmm. And they got Humphreys on the outside who, you know, he's 6'5 and 2'10". Um, you know, it's not inconceivable that he can go the Kobe Parkinson route and, and put on 30 pounds and be that kind of that flex tight end that's kind of become the rage. So, uh, no, I'm a big fan, like you said. And, and he is tough. I think he's a lot tougher and more competitive than, than people. I think people think, oh, you know, Cronin Mar, um, you know, Knights, Ritzy area. But this guy competes really hard. I mean, his older brother Ben at modern day was extremely tough, physical. And play with a nice little edge to him. So John comes from that family, and I think it's a really good pickup for Stanford. So also UCLA picked up their first commit of the year, a guy by the name of J. Max Jacobson from Temecula Valley, Keith. He's a 6'4", 230-pound outside linebacker slash defensive end. So uh, the difference in how UCLA is recruiting aggressively this year compared to last is, is really night and day. It's, it's a complete metamorphosis. They've really figured it out, and uh, they've offered more kids right now than they have the whole entire last year. They've got more kids on campus right now than they have the whole entire last year. They're heavily involved with a lot of players. So uh, if you're a UCLA fan, I think you're excited because you know that Chip can coach, but you got to have you know the hosses to be able to play and win. So J. Max Jacobson, Keith, he's kind of a he's kind of an overachiever, not a high level athlete, but he's you know he's a tough, he's a gritty guy. He's a physical kid. Uh, he's got some positional versatility. So uh, I kind of like what UCLA's doing right now. I think they got to win games on the field, but they're involved a lot of elite players this year as opposed to what they were doing last year. It's like you've, they flipped the switch on, right? Last year, we were questioning their sanity, questioning their tactics. Uh, this year, they seem to be far more aggressive, far more tuned into the recruits. One thing I do like about what they're doing, they seem to be cherry-picking, you know, OKGs, our type of guys, right? Our kind of guys. Um, I don't see them just chasing after a bunch of guys with a bunch of stars. 
I think they're looking for fits into their system, into their culture, um, into their academic situation there at UCLA and Westwood on campus. I like it. And um, the kid you're referring to, watch a little tape of him. To me, what stood out was the versatility, Greg. That's a big component in terms of recruiting. Just like it is at the next, next level when you go get drafted in NFL. Positional versatility. How many positions can you, not just can you play, but can you be a good fit in so that we can be versatile with our scheme, with our design, and with our play calling? As a former coach, Greg, that is of utmost importance. It's hard to have a high-pressure defense when you have big physical outside linebackers that can't get after the passer and can only set an edge. That versatility is is, is very key. So, uh, Bruins, doing some work. Yeah, and also uh, ASU doing some work. They had a, a huge collection of really, really good athletes on campus for Junior Day over the weekend. Uh, talking about guys like Justin Flo, L.V. Bunkley-Shelton, uh, Roma Dunsey from Bishop Gorman, Kayla McCullough, uh, Jake Shipley, um, Zion Alapazio, some, some nice in-state talent uh, was out there as well. Uh, Jalen Jeffers and a couple other kids from the Loaded Saguaro program. Uh, Jake Garcia, the 2021 quarterback, was there. So it wasn't just the juniors. Uh, Jaden Navarrete, Seven McGee, um, I believe Darnell Washington was out there, Keith. Uh, a couple of new offers went out. Um, both out of Upland yes. High School. Yes. Uh, could have been more than that, but those are the two that I that I've heard about. Tavin Ford. Uh, sorry if I mispronounce your name. I never know if the Y is silent. If it's Tevin or Tyvin, but I just try to say it as fast as I can. Yeah, I think but it's Tevin. But go ahead, Tevin. But uh, uh, they like him. They feel um, you know he's kind of similar to, to Darian Butler, who they mm-hmm. took from Narbonne two years ago, and who's was a immediate impact player that also uh, Donzrell Brooks from Upland, who's a, a DB. And um, both of those two guys, I think, uh, not only are they you know both pretty good football players, but I, I think also this is going to help them with Justin Flo. You know, that's a teammate, that's family. And Flo uh, had a great time on that trip. There's talk that he may take one of his five official trips to ASU now. So uh, I think ASU, really, really nice job. No commitments that I've heard about, at least publicly, not yet. But I have heard of Caleb McCullough, uh, who we talked about last week, I believe, the linebacker out of Oxnard. Um, I believe he might be uh, a little bit of an ASU lean right now. That'd be big. I think they made up a lot of ground with, with Jake Garcia, who Jake's actually going to be visiting Auburn and Alabama this coming weekend. But I think ASU is a good local option for him. So nice job by that whole staff. Um, you know, the premium 7 on 17 was playing in the tournament out there so <clears throat> they had a bunch of their players that were visiting uh, one of their guys Kane Savage from Western High School was just offered um, last week so he was able to go out there and visit the campus of the school that he just visited I think you know interesting and we talked off air but uh, I think ASU would be close to a lock except for the fact he's got a, he's got a twin brother Cassius and they want to play at the same school and ASU has not offered Cassius yet so It'll be interesting to see if they decide to still go to the same school or will one of them break off if he has an option to go to a school like ASU. So uh, ASU, big weekend. And uh, this upcoming weekend, uh, USC will have their elite junior day. I have not seen a list, but I think you can probably bet the usual suspects in Southern California. Uh, I know Miles Morale will be there. Uh, he was on campus at UCLA last weekend. 
Um, they made up a lot of ground with him, but USC is heavily involved. You can bet that Bryce Young will be there. Um, you can bet that Darion Green-Warren, the former Oklahoma commit, uh, has already said he'll be at USC. So you can just probably mark it down. Gary Bryant will be there. All the top local players with the USC offer will be there. And then the, the question and the fun is always to speculate, okay, what out-of-region kids will be there? USC always does a really good job of getting you know these kind of players that you didn't expect to be there to show up, maybe from either NorCal or even from out of state. So um, all eyes will be on USC's campus this weekend. That's probably about it. Uh, obviously, there's more players taking visits, but up top of my head, um, I can't think of too many, Keith. I know Jordan Banks, Narbon going to Ohio State this weekend. Uh, watch out for that one. He's got some family in the Ohio area on his dad's side. So uh, I think Ohio State actually uh, might be a nice little sleeper pick in terms of making a prediction. I could see Ohio State being a real dark horse for Jordan Banks right now. You know, Greg, something stands out for me just listening to your recruiting report is, you know, back in the day, and I'm, I'm not talking not too long ago, but when the USC had a junior day, I remember going to the junior day when I was in high school um, and went to USC junior day. It was like the creme de la creme. And it was, man, John Robinson. I mean, it was it was legit. You mean Chris Claiborne was, you know, Chris was already at SC at the time, but man, it was on fire. And then as a coach, you know, taking our kids up to junior day, I remember taking, you know, multiple kids up to junior days when Pete was there. And man, it was like the Academy Awards. There was so much juice in the buildings. There was electricity on the practice field. And it was like, if you didn't come in here, you was a plum fool. What are the expectations, Greg, going into Junior Day at SC? And what, what do you expect to come out of Junior Day at USC? I'm, I'm anxious to know how you feel and what you think. Yeah, I mean, I, as those Pete Carroll Junior Days were so big, you could always, always guarantee there'll be at least two or three commitments. I Easy. do not expect that to happen Easy. this time around, Keith. Because yeah. I think it's right now where USC's at as a program and with Coach Helton people, you know, a little bit concerned about will he be there next year. So I, I don't necessarily think we'll see a handful of guys pop in this weekend, although it wouldn't shock me. You're always going to have those guys who want to go to USC, no matter what the record, no matter who the coach is going to be. But the, comparing it to the Pete Carroll days, and that was it wasn't just Pete Carroll. I mean, you had uh, just some some of the best recruiters ever on that staff. You know, Lane Kiffin, Sark, Ed Orgeron, Kenny Palomalo, and they just they really did it up. And their junior days were so big. So I, I think they USC still you know they still go they go big with their junior days. They still make it exciting. It's still a big deal for the players. But I don't think it's going to have the same kind of you know the same kind of buzz. And I don't see. You know, a whole lot of, you know, people coming out of there saying, okay, I'm ready to sign right now. I think people still want to have a, take a wait-and-see approach this year with USC. Want to see how they do on the field, Keith, and then they'll probably just, you know, if they if they win, they'll go there. If not, then it's, okay, I'm going to have to look around, or let's see who the new head coach is going to be. Yeah. I mean, you know, when USC is good, when they're great, Greg, it's, there's a different feel around Los Angeles, especially in the downtown area. There's something to stand on right now. There's not much to stand on other than the four, $430 million Trouty just signed for. 
in terms of Southern California, your Lakers, LeBron doesn't want to sit with the team. He doesn't want to break the huddle. LeBron a little bit of a front runner, GB? I don't know, man. I, I always try not to make too big of a deal out of a snapshot uh-huh. um, without knowing context. But I, I will be the, I'll freely admit that LeBron has, has disappointed me a little bit this year in terms of not just his play, but more so just kind of the leadership and some of the things that I've witnessed yeah. um, on the court and some of the things he said. I'm a little bit disappointed in him. So I, I was the biggest Laker LeBron fan from years and years where people always felt like you had to hate LeBron if you're a Kobe Laker fan. But I always loved LeBron going back to high school. Yeah, little disappointed, a little bit, little disappointed in, in him, Keith, this year. I mean, I get it. He's getting older. It's, it's tough to expect the same superhuman LeBron. Was he like on year seventeen or something like that? I mean, so I, I want to cut him some slack, but you know, right now and just in Southern California, Greg, it's a little. I'm a little uneasy. It's a little underwhelming. It's a tad bit frustrating. USC football is trying to pick up the pieces. UCLA football is relatively non-existent. Um, the Lakers missing the playoffs with, you know, arguably the best player who've ever played the game. Um, the Dodgers, where they go to the, where they go to the World Series again and lose? I would take that, man. No, no, I would definitely take that. Don't get me wrong. It's just, it's just a let. In terms of letdown, is what I'm talking about, right, right there. Yeah, you know, you kind of let down. Um, just Southern California sports right now. Give me something to go on, GB. What do you got? No, man, you got the the Rams and the Dodgers. At least got got the Rams and the Dodgers. You got the got there. Right, right. At least they got there. USC Um, basketball is non-existent. UCLA basketball is irrelevant right now. Yeah. And I know that hurts your heart. I know you're a big UCLA basketball guy. Yeah, I mean, UCLA basketball is awful. You know, I'm a diehard LA Kings fan. They're going to miss the playoffs. Yeah, they're they have the stinking. Second worst record in yeah. the NHL, NHL right now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we need some hope. We need we need something. We need something. Hopefully, USC Junior Day gives us a spark. Some of these kids coming out. They got some big-time players coming in. If you're USC, who do you prioritize for a commitment, Greg, on Junior Day? Who are, who are your must-gets? Give me three guys you must or you will not be able to sleep that night. Three guys you must get if you're USC coming out of Junior Day. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know who's coming, but I think the biggest issue is linemen, right? So, I mean, I think they got a great chance. You know, they're doing well with guys like like Gary Bryant and, uh, and skill players like that, but... You know, give me Miles Morale. Give me, give me one of these big linemen who can come in and help my offensive line or even my my defensive line. Oh, we, we got linebackers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, Justin Flo is still a huge priority just because of what we talked about before. Just few players that we've seen have been able to emotionally elevate everybody around them. But yeah. Shoot, they got what eight backers that can play, but they need offensive line help. I feel like in a, in a big way. So something like a Miles would be a, a huge priority for me. And then, uh, you know, then just give me the best, next best athlete, whether it be a flow, whether I can try to flip Elias Ricks from LSU, um, you know, something like that. So that's who I would prioritize. Lyman, and then just the next best guy, Ricks, flow, yeah. uh, Keely Ringo, I heard might come out for junior day. I don't think he will, but there's talk he might. Mm-hmm. Uh, but guys like that, guys that are just dudes, difference makers. Yeah. But I want it- beef. The, I need some beef. Yep. Yeah. It all starts. It always starts. And I was thinking O line and D line. I mean, 
I don't know any D linemen on their roster other than maybe, you know, one kid maybe. I what do they have? Who have they been recruiting? Where are these guys? Where are these five stars? Everybody's a five star. Where's these where are these five stars at? USC's defense looks like it's gonna be Swiss cheese this year. Who do they have on the defensive side of the ball in that front four? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like the backers. I like, you know, I like, you know, I like EA. Um, you know, I think he's going to be really, really good. Um, curious to see, you know, hearing good reports about how Solo's been playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they need some. They need some dudes. They need somebody that can get after the quarterback. Right. Next year, I don't know if they ever fully. Uh, recovered when poor Augusta went down. He was like their designated pass rusher. I think they're gonna, you know, I think they're gonna miss. Um, God, I love the guy. Who? I'm pulling a Keith. I'm drawing a blank on a name. Who? Their inside backer, Cam Smith. Yeah, Cameron Smith. Goal. Yeah. You no, know, he's gone. Yeah. They, yeah. Um, you know, they, oh, they definitely gotta lack some leadership, Greg. Yeah. Some depth yeah. uh, on that defensive line. What about the secondary? You lose the safety, uh, Martell. Uh, Marvin yeah, Martell, Marvel Tell, excuse me. You lose um, the corner, Biggie Marshall, who actually C- had a pretty good year. Who had like a pretty a, good year? Know, statistically, people he got picked on. He got he got he took a lot of crap in the you know for not playing, not living up to the, the hype that he came up. But he actually had a pretty good senior year. Who's going to be that that shutdown corner now? Greg Johnson was in the portal two weeks ago. Yeah, he's back with I think the team. He saw the depth chart and said, "Shoot, I could start here right now. I'm, I'm, I'm back in here." <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully, the, you know Elijah Griffin. I love, but he's out with an injury, so he hasn't participated in spring ball at all. Um, who else do they have, Greg? Isaac Taylor Stewart. They need him to step up. He redshirted last year. He needs you know, a lot of work. He had a had a good offseason. I saw a picture of him and and Amon Ra. They're both looking like they committed themselves to the weight room for sure, but we'll see if it, you know, hopefully it translates to the football field. I know for sure it will with Almond. I'm, you know, we'll see about, we'll see about it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they might have to score. They might have to score 40 games, you know, Graham oh, Harrell's no gotta, gotta, gotta put up some, some points. I'm, I'm hoping JT steps up. Tyler Vaughn, Michael Pittman, Amon Ra, Stephen Carr running the football. Uh, they got some good skill, but do they have the guys up front, the beef up front to occasionally run the ball, and then can they stop people? So, Yeah, no doubt. It's it's going to be interesting for sure. It's going to be interesting. Let's move along, Greg. Um, it's time, man. It is time. We got to drop it. It's our sleeper of the week. It's time for our sit and sleep sleeper of the week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. 
All right. Our sleeper of the week this week hails from none other than Northern California. I know. I know. <laughs> <That> you, <other. laughs> you locals love to keep it local. But we got to show NorCal some love. They got a guy. GB, you brought him to the table off air. Why don't you drop him on our listeners? Yeah, I mean, Nate Kenyon is a good friend of the program, and uh, that has nothing to do with why this player is selected, but uh, I just want to throw out Nate Kenyon's name. Uh, Jalen Appolette-Williams, Las Lomas High School in Walnut Creek, California, a guy with zero offers, so uh, don't want to bring a guy to the table who's already out there. Um, but you, you watch, he's a big 6'2", pushing 6'3", 185-pound safety, has looked really, really good on the seven-on-seven circuit, which begs the question, okay, who cares? Can he play in pads? Keith, yes, he can. You watch the tape, dude. This guy's out there banging guys. He's picking off the football. Uh, he's got all kinds of physical tools and upside. I asked Nate, I go, Nate, are the grades okay? Is that, is that the issue? He said, yeah, he's doing really well in the classroom. Right now, he's really picking up over a 3.5 GPA this year. Um, that won't be an issue. So, Jalen... I'm going to spell it A-P-A-L-I-T hyphen Williams. Jalen Appellate Williams. Uh, saw him a couple of times this year. Saw him in Vegas at Pylon. Yeah. And I saw him at the Adidas tournament. The guy makes plays. And I just, I love those long athletic kids that can run around. And this guy looks like he can do though, uh, do that. He's got some edge to him. Uh, plays very, very aggressively. Like I said, the film matches the short and shirts. So that is why I think this guy is someone that you college coaches should definitely be watching very closely. Jalen, Applet, Williams, Keith, mark it down. This go. Yeah, this week's Transparent True Sleeper of the Week. But I think it begs the question, Greg, and I, and I get this question all the time, and I, I'm sure over the last 20 years you've probably heard this once or twice. Why? Because, okay, this kid plays at a good school, plays on a 7-on-7 team that's, you know, active every weekend, why hasn't this kid earned a athletic scholarship offer? You're talking about 6'3", athletic, long, physical, can run, and with ball skills. Why hasn't this kid gotten an offer, GB? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's always been this case that I've seen for, for 20 years. The Northern California football players, just they never get the same kind of recognition, and they, and they will tell you that. And it, I know it burns them up inside because from the Fresno area on up, it's always kind of like, hey, us against everyone. They've always kind of felt like they get shortchanged when it comes to the notoriety stick. Uh, even shoot, every year you see a lot of the Data South kids who are really, really good football players who don't get heavily recruited. So, you know, Las Lomas, it's a, it's a good program. It's a good school. I think they won a bunch of games mm-hmm. last year. But it's just, when you think of California football, you think of, you know, where colleges, you, you think of the must-stop programs, you know, Las Lomas isn't necessarily the first school that jumps into people's heads. So I think that that might be part of it. Just, you know, even even Nate's team, you know, Nate and his staff, Matt Gutierrez, Maurice Jones-Drew, you know, they do a, a good job, if not the best job, of coaching and developing kids. You know, Nate is not just a 7-on-7 coach. He's an actual trainer. Yeah. Who knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, you know, those, those kids, just, just they just don't get seen or they're not as visible. And I don't know if it's because Nate isn't doing, you know, ground zero premium. You know, they got guys that are, they spend all their time, you know, talking to colleges, trying to get those kids out. So, you know, I, I'm not sure if, 
if Nate's team has a guy whose sole job is to try to get these kids seen by colleges and making the calls, getting the huddle tapes out there, uh, perhaps that, that could be something that we could, uh, you know, that they could do a little more of. But, uh, and then I mentioned also, I think, you know, maybe academically, there were some concerns early on with Jalen. I know he's rallied, rallied a little bit in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he does have some schools that are watching him. So they just haven't pulled the trigger just yet. But he does have schools that are watching him. And hopefully when his final spring grades come out, yep. um, you know, he'll have shown that improvement. And he'll get a couple offers just like boom, boom. And then once you get that one or two, all of a sudden you'll get three, four, Ten. five right off the bat. Yep. <laughs> so it's a funny comment made the other day by my guy, uh, SB Nation. Who's my guy that, that runs SB Nation? Forget his is that name. Bud Elliott? Yeah, oh, good. My guy, Bud Elliott. Bud's a Bud's funny good dude. People. Bud yeah, is Bud's very good. good people, and I always enjoy talking with him. Yep. He talked about a freshman kid out in, in Texas, Greg. He says, uh, you know, this kid just got his first SEC offer. He says, it'd be nice just to have a button that said 130 offers right off the bat for this kid because there's not <laughs> one school that he couldn't play for. So just instead of posting all 130 offers as they come, just a button that says, okay, 130 offer scholarship guy right here. Okay, boom. So he's got offers from everybody. So we can just kind of stop wasting everybody's time. I thought that was pretty funny, though. Bud's yeah, a good guy. Yeah. He's a really he good guy. And uh, he's, he's a bright guy. Knows football. Very, um, very. And really enjoy talking with him every time I see him out on the circuit. So thank you, GB, for your sleeper of the week. That was, uh, that was some good stuff, man. Athletic, long, and physical. That's a that's a that's a nice skill set for the next level. That's for sure. Um, let's move along, Greg. We want to talk a little bit about seven on seven. That good old seven on seven, my friend. You should see my face right now. I've got the most facetious looking face in studio. That good old seven on seven. You are grinning ear to ear right now. You can't <laughs> wait for my seven on seven take. I can't wait, man. And I and I wish we had a our really remember our really breath segment. We need to bring that yes. back, Greg. Yes. Ma- as a matter of fact, we're gonna insert it now if we have it. Oh, come on, man. For real? Really, bro? Oh. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You the truth. Now look at those that didn't quite live up to the hype. <laughs> but GB, you have a take on seven on seven. Seven V7, as my good friend Miss Hale likes to call it. Seven V7. GB? No, I, I think you'll like this take. You know, it comes, it stems from last weekend when we talked about, you know, the Adidas t- tournament that I kind of broke down a little bit. And this always happens after a Nike camp, after an Under Armour event, after a Vegas pylon. You talk about players and inevitably, you're going to leave out three or four guys, right? And yeah. so it's almost better not talking about anybody because if you talk about 10, well, what about 11? Talk about 15, okay, what about 16? You can't make everybody and happy, right? You can't make everyone happy. And so I literally, Keith, I got calls. I got some messages. I got some DMs saying, hey, uh, clearly you weren't watching or paying attention because <laughs> you would have seen this guy. And uh, clearly you didn't notice this guy. And this guy had a better event than this guy or, you know, this receiver – burn this DB that you hyped up and what's the deal? <clears throat> Taking a breath here, Keith. Taking yeah. a quick little breath. Go ahead, so, man. I can see it's got you riled up a little bit. Go ahead. It wasn't so much a riled up. You know, I guess I was a little bit riled up 
at the time. I'm, I'm good now. But I just want to explain to, to the people um, kind of what, what I'm watching when I'm watching 7-on-7. Seven seven. Because I think it's radically different than your average fan, um, you know, whether it be on Sports Unlimited or just your average 7-on-7 seven seven parent. Um, so I, I'm not going to lie and say I'm 7-on-7's seven seven biggest supporter, but I'm also not a critic. I think there was some good in it. Um, but I will say this. When I'm watching 7-on-7, seven seven, I'm watching it strictly as part of the evaluation process. Right. Let me give you an example. Years and years and years ago, I went to watch a kid by the name of Matt Mosbar. He was an offensive tackle. His dad was Don Mosbar, famous USC, yes. famous Oakland Raider mm-hmm. offensive lineman. Uh, Matt played at San Ynez High School. It was two, I couldn't go to see them. It was like a two-hour drive. I never saw him play his senior year. Um, I liked the tape. But uh, this was back in the day before Huddle. If you want to see a tape, you have to actually have a kid send you a giant VHS in the mail, right? So I wanted to see this kid athletically. He was playing volleyball at San Ynez, which had a big-time volleyball program. They were playing at Cerritos College, kind of near Yuki. That's where the mm-hmm, CF mm-hmm. finals were always at with Cerritos College. Yeah. And so I went specifically to see him play not volleyball. I wanted to see how he moved. Sure. You know, there's a lot of correlation between middle blocking and being a, a left tackle. You know, you can see explosiveness. You can see lateral mobility, left, right movement, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, when I walked out of that tournament, Keith, guess what I did not do? What did you I not, not do? I did not do a top 10 volleyball players from that event. <laughs> you know why I didn't do a top 10 volleyball player? Because I wasn't there to watch volleyball. And when I'm watching 7-on-7, seven seven, I'm not necessarily going to do a, a top 10 Yes, I want to talk about the guys who had the best day. But from an evaluation standpoint, Keith, I could care less how you did. And I actually told uh, someone this who said, why don't you talk about this guy? I think I could care less how he did that day. I'm looking at this strictly as part of the evaluation process. Right. And if you could have the best day of 7-on-7 ever, but if your game does not translate to pads, guess what, Keith? I'm I not, don't really give. I don't yeah, really give two craps I'm, I'm not about it. it. Sure. For me, seven on seven is a is a tool that I use. The same way I use volleyball. The same way I'll, I'll use a, a kid running track. The same way I'll use uh, a kid who's at a camp. It's all part of the evaluation process. But if all of this doesn't translate to the pads, that's what I'm there to see. I'm not a seven on seven scout. There are people like that. It, it kind of blows my mind. But there's literally a guy in my network kind of a slappy, who literally goes to about a thousand seven-on-seven events and he, like, ranks the teams. Like, wow. one through whatever. And it, it's like a big deal for him. That's not me. That's not what I'm ever trying to do. I don't want to be that guy. And like, yeah, I'm not I'm not criticizing seven-on-seven. Seven. I think there's definitely good in it. It's just, I just want to throw it out there so the next event I go to, I don't want to have people saying, well, why do you talk about this guy when I saw him get beat by this guy? Maybe the other guy is better. Okay, no, because that's not real football. It's a 40-yard field. It's short and short. Right. There's no, there's no line. You can take zero-step drops, and you can throw sidearm, or you could be a, a receiver who's got great speed, but he can't use that speed because it's a 40-yard field. If you're a DB, you can kind of just pin that guy in. It, it, it's... Yes, there's a little bit that translates, but there's a lot that does not. So that's kind of my little 7-on-7 event, Keith. Yeah. Um, just wanted to put that out there because I did get some calls and some DMs and some text messages 
And I uh, just kind of want to explain, I'm at a 7-on-7 seven seven event, not necessarily watching who's the best 7-on-7 seven seven football player, but who's the best football player in pads, and that's just part of my process. How their ability that they show translates in the pads, and how does it add to their overall body of work? How does it contribute? How is it incorporated? Just because a guy tears up a 7-on-7 seven seven field means nothing, Okay. In the grand scheme of things, if those skills do not translate in a football game. In a real football game, I'm talking about, you know, where they wear helmets and shoulder pads and they get to hit each other. This guy went across the middle. He caught the ball on his own. Nobody could stick that guy. Well, let's see. Is this same five-foot guy going to catch the ball across the middle in the middle of a game with Justin Flo bearing down on him? Is he still going to be as shifty? Is he still going to want that fire in there? Well, that can only be proved when you have on equipment. So, yes, I'm with you, Greg. <laughs> I'm not with you in terms of, like, being. I'm a little bit of a 707 critic. I think everybody knows that. But I am with you when you talk about it is a piece of the evaluation process. It's a piece. Um, I think it can prove a point. Or it can dis- dispel some misconceptions about a player's ability. And mainly athletic ability, right? So, yeah, no, I get it. And, but but shame on, shit, come on, people. Do you got to get send my guy to DMs and call him? And how come you didn't talk about that? Really? <laughs> really? Are you, are, are you, really, bro? Are, are we really doing this? I mean... As if my man doesn't have a family and a wife and kids and want to enjoy his life. We got we got to call the guy and and complain about why he didn't talk about a kid. I mean, what what are we doing? I mean, you hey, do it. You do have games. You do have it games one through ten, Greg. You do have games one through ten to prove a point. I mean, I'm just saying. They're, they're no, call- and, and I. I love, I love when guys, you know, I, I think you love when guys call you. Seven seven, that's cool. Is when you do find a, a guy mm-hmm, who sure. you didn't know about, yes. and the game does translate, or you see a guy who's just working. You know, you can definitely see guys. You can look at their body and go, "Man, this guy, mm-hmm. man, he's been spending time." And I, I do enjoy that part of it. Um, you know, I, I enjoy every week seeing seeing little Aaron East tearing people up. I enjoy that part of it. Um, I enjoy seeing um, Jalen Davies at corner making huge strides. I do like that part of it. And uh, it's and that part's fun. I, I enjoy seeing Agreed. players from outside the region Agreed. that you don't get to see, right? It's yes. awesome seeing Bijan Robinson live. Mm-hmm. The guy is a top three running back nationally, and he's destroying people at receiver. Yep. That, that is fun for me. But uh, the other stuff, sometimes I think people take it a little too seriously. And so that's... That's my last point. It's, it's, it should be fun, but like I said, man, it's not the Super Bowl. It just should be part of the process. Hopefully kids can, can get better, and it's fun to be on a team, but uh, that, that's, kind of my, that's kind of my quick, long-winded thought. <laughs> quick and long-winded. Those good old DMs, that good old text message, that good old phone call. You're all for it, GB, but you know what? That's why you've been in the game for 20 years. I can imagine how many DMs, text messages, and phone calls you've gotten over 20 years. 
about why you didn't say something about a kid. Why you didn't write about this kid? What you what are you looking at? You didn't see this kid? Can they imagine that you can't see all 14 kids at one time? You know, I know when I evaluate, I'm looking for something specific at certain points in the in the competition. I'm looking at this receiver versus this DB. Consequently, if I'm looking at that, then I can't see the opposite slot versus the nickel, right? Or I'm not looking at that at that point in time. But I'm focused in, okay, can this guy do this? Okay, what happens when he attacks him here? Does he have the fluidity to get back here? Okay, when he gets on the highway, can he, can he run on the highway with the other guy? Okay, when the ball's in the air, can he find it? Okay, this is part of what being an evaluator is. You have to lock in on what you need to lock in on to find out what you need to find out. You can't see all 14 guys at one time. And it's why when people have camps or showcases or combines, Greg, I don't understand why they got 500 kids out there. What are we looking at? That's a lot. How do you see see everybody? You can't. You can't. Oh, it's a showcase. It's an exposure. Exposure. That's the perfect word. That's the word we talked about earlier in the year. We're going to get you some exposure. This is a showcase. This is a camp. Exposure. Guess what? There's 500 kids here. Okay. What are we talking about here? Who's who's watching 500 kids? Do your homework. Do your homework, people. This is is getting ridiculous. Who's watching 500 kids? Nobody. There's there's somebody that's watching a group of about 50, and they're going to write about five of them. They're going to write up on about five of them. And next thing you know, there's 450 kids that didn't get a real look. Let's be real. Stop faking the funk. But I ain't the one to gossip, Greg, so you ain't heard it from me. It's Coach Keith. That's all I got. GB, that brings us to a close for the day. Thank you. My man, you really drove us this show. You drove us, man. You came with the sleeper. You came with the recruit news. And then you had a really, bruh. And I liked it. Nice job, Greg Biggins. Again. Yes. I don't always agree with everything you say, but I do respect you because you're unapologetically yourself 24-7, and I respect people like that because I feel that same way about myself. I don't expect everybody to agree with me. Matter of fact, I expect most people to disagree, but that's cool. (laughs) That's cool Uh, because when I come out on top, somebody looks like an, an AS and somebody looks like a genius. And that's just how I'm rolling. So, thank you, GB. Appreciate you, my man. Yes, sir. Time to bring this baby to a close. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, there's a new sheriff in town. And his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.